Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Truth. Insightful BS with my NBA Laker friends and a whole bunch of NBA legends. And today we're going to bring the audience something a little bit different. We're going to hop from basketball to the pop side of things. And then we're going to come back with my boy, Mark Peasy. How you doing, sir? Legend. I am blessed and honored to be here. I am... So happy to finally be on here on your great show, brother. You came on my podcast previously, bro. So I thank you for the opportunity, man. Thank you so much, Legend. Oh, so listen, I'm going to read a little bit of your bio. Let the fans know who we got in the house for us, okay? Uh, Montez is a Florida resident, hip-hop artist, motivational speaker, and podcaster with over 3 million worldwide streams on his music, WWE Network, alumni, and he's a co-podcaster of the year and WXW Wrestling Hall of Famer. You wrestled, TZ? A little something. A little, okay. a little something. <laughs> and co-host <laughs> of the Swerve Cootie. Am I saying it right? Swerve Cootie? City. Podcast and host of TZ's Table. Welcome, 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 my brother. Let's get started, okay? TZ, how did you get started in the hip-hop music business? You know, man, I um, I always loved music as a kid, man. I wasn't the person that was like raised with the musical talents of like, oh, my, my uncle or, or dad was a guitar player or anything like that, or family members. I uh, naturally just had a love for music, man, from high school, always growing up. My moms and grandmoms would always play all sorts of music in the house from Teddy Pendergrass to, you know, Stevie Wonder to early hip hop days, Run DMC, things of that nature rock him and then as i got older i just had a love for it so in high school i just started writing music man i said you know i'm gonna try this rap thing out so i started i just started writing music man and um i wasn't good at it at first but i i kept working at it kept trying and eventually my love for it grew i got around a lot of people in the music industry that gave me a lot of advice rest in peace to my mentor charmelo and he gave me a big opportunity just to get in the studio and start recording so I've been doing it damn near two decades now, so I'm blessed, brother. You know what? It's funny that you would say that about your mom because, again, in my family growing up, my family's more on the religious side. I had a lot of aunts, and they were the butler sisters, but I always remember with my mom on Saturday, she would be cleaning the house with the vacuum, Tammy Terrell, Marvin Gaye, the four top, some kind of music would be on and she would be <laughs> bopping around and cleaning things and stuff like that. So I've always had a passionate uh, love for uh, music myself. But the, the one thing I want to ask you, Tiz, is that there's two things. Nate, give me two things that your parents gave you or said to you that you still hold close to you, whether it's some type of value that helped you now. Uh, great question, man. My father always told me which I didn't really understand until I got older, had families and been through relationships, good and bad, was never put all your eggs in one basket. My dad always told me that. Always have options. Never be afraid to grow. Never be afraid to grow spiritually. Never become stagnant. Never become too comfortable. You know, always work hard, as you know, from being a, a Hall of Famer yourself, is learning how to be a good teammate. He always told me that. Learn how to be a good teammate. Learn that there will all be peaks and valleys. You don't always have to be the man in every situation. Sometimes you can always just play your position and it'll always, it'll get you a lot further sometimes and always wanting to be the man. Some, you just have to learn how to play your position sometimes. Sometimes you'll take the leadership role. Sometimes you need to fall back. 
and and let somebody else do it that uh that has a, a good direction and that's uh something i learned from my father from my mother it's always just the ability to love everybody help everybody selflessly you know and don't always look for anything back you know what i mean just do it because you love it do it because it means it means from your heart and you want to see people win the more you know it always it helps you when you see others win and she always taught me the value of that when me and my sister were younger she always taught us the value of sharing and having each other's back learning how to always you know have each other's back and have that loyalty for each other no matter what so i learned the value of family from my mom and the value of logic from my father Tiz, I know you right now you reside in Florida. Are you from there originally? Where'd you grow up? I'm originally from New York. I'm originally okay. from New York. Uh, originally from Queens, New York. Uh, that's where my love for sports came in. Was always just being around my my great granddad, who was a big Mets fan. He would always watch the the baseball games. Or my dad used to hoop a little bit, and just always being around you know that area. I do miss certain parts of it. But um, it's just not the same. So we moved uh, here to Florida, and that's more my personality. I'm more of a, a laid back, more assertive guy, as you know, probably from your playing career. You know, people in New York they vicious, man. Their, their personality is vicious. So I'm more of a laid back dude. So we came down here to the South, and I just took that um that hustle and mindset that I had growing up there, and just applied it here where I'm at, man. So and it got me on here with you. The legend. So I'm um, I'm happy I took it. I'm happy I, I took the the what I took from New York down here and then applied it to my hustle. Did you ever play sports, man? Did you play football, baseball, basketball, anything else? Yes. So you met me personally. So this will be a little funny story. So I played um I played football, and of course you would think it was a running back. Now you know you see me. I'm a good five five. I'm short, bro. So <laughs> they put me at corner. I don't know why <laughs> they put me at corner, dude. I was probably a good, maybe four eight. I wasn't even four eight in the speed. I wasn't even the fastest, but they put me at corner, and I kept getting mossed because I was too short. You know, they put me against these dudes who were six two at at fifteen, sixteen. They six two already, and I'm I'm five six, five five, getting mossed. I could keep up with them, but I couldn't. I couldn't deflect nothing. You know, but they put me at uh at tight end. I played a little bit tight uh, tight end, and I played um I played right outside linebacker too for a while. So, uh, those were those were more fun. I got more acclimated, but it was um it was a great experience. And one thing I do miss about it was the training regimen. Uh, uh -huh. I did I did a little bit of boxing too, and I miss I miss the training regimens of both. They both had me very disciplined at the time and I, that's the one thing I miss is the camaraderie of sports of, of being a, of with my teammates and the the training because as physically demanding as it is it teaches you life discipline and I yeah. definitely enjoyed that part of it. it was more the discipline part of it than just the action I mean I was I was a good tight end I'm not saying you know everybody got everybody that didn't make pro always said they could have went pro I'm not gonna be that dude nah I probably couldn't have but I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it for the the discipline and the life lessons I learned from it. Now, Tiz, when did you get into wrestling, WXW? What, how did that come about? So, I've always been a wrestling fan my whole life. You know, I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. One, I was always in the, I was always in the hoops. I was always in the in the football, and I was always in the wrestling. And my um, my granddad. Uh, always used to put it on TV and I always used to watch it and it just stuck with me from a little boy and 
I, you know, was watching WWF back in the days with Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and all those times. So I actually ended up staying, staying with it. I've been stuck with it this whole time. It just never left. It never left my spirit. So I ended up making news. Kids, do you remember a guy named Neil Mascaras? He was a Spanish wrestler. He used to wear a mask. He, he was about six three, six four. That was one of the guys I wanted to be like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually, I actually fell in love with it, and then I started making music for them. Uh huh. I started making music for wrestlers. So you know, I was doing the music thing. One day, I had this bright idea. Uh, I was sitting there and um, the wrestler Roman Reigns, who's the champion now, he was on television and I said, I'm going to write a song about this guy. So I ended up just randomly making a rap song about the wrestler, like if I was him and speaking for in behalf of him, put it online at the time and it actually went viral and that's what started my career. So I had to sit back and I said, you know what, I'm going to do this for all these guys. I'm going to start at the very bottom. You know, I'm not going to try to start the top of the WWE. I'm going to start the very bottom all around, you know, the other companies. And I'm going to do this for free. I'm just going to get my name out there. I'm not going to charge anything. If you're a wrestler and you need a song, I'm going to do it for you. And I ended up right now, next year be my 10th year in wrestling. And I've done over 325 songs. About over, over 300. So... I have an extensive catalog from the top to the WWE all over the world. So it was just something that I stuck with. I ended up linking with Swerve, ended up doing the Swerve City podcast with him. Shout out to Swerve. And it's changed my life, dude. I've been in this, you know, for a long time now. I've seen it come and go. I'm, I'm, I'm now what they call an NBA, like a, a NBA veteran. I'm in my DeMar DeRozan years now of this. So you know, I'm 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 proud and I am happy to still be here after all this time. It's the entertainment business, dude. You know, you know from being an athlete and being in the entertainment business yourself, it has its ups and downs. People you like, people you don't like to be around. It's competitive, you know, and you know, it's um it's a blessing at the same time. Though I enjoy it, man. You you've been to wrestling shows before? I, you know what I used to when we were younger, but when I basketball in my life, it kind of took me away. What I am into right now, I love that MMA, man. Oh, yes. man, that, that, yes. that's the shit there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm happy to see. I'm excited to see what Jones does at heavyweight. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy. I'm, I'm excited to see what he's he's doing. I'm, I'm really uh, I'm looking forward to Lewis's next fight, the light heavyweight. I'm really looking forward to his next fight. So I've been tuning in, man. I've been I've been tuning in and keeping in touch. Uh, they need. I, I want to see who's the next star is going to be. Obviously, they're transitioning. So obviously, with McGregor and these guys not, you know, fighting as much anymore. I'm excited to see who's the next batch of guys in MMA. But I love it too, bro. Hey, man, I love that kid, uh, the new kid. Well, he's not new anymore. I just watched one of his old fights from. Uh, that uh, uh, the the uh, it, it BBM or whatever it is, but that AJ McKee. Yeah, hey, hey, that kid can fight, man. He can fight. I love him. It's a lot of good guys, man. And MMA also teaches you a lot about discipline, and and I'm just into that, man. The the workouts and what they go through to to see uh, how they how they put so much into that because they, you know, obviously with MMA that's years of training before you even get a certification to be able to do that to get a purple belt, a black belt. You know what I mean? That's 
that takes a lot of training, a lot of getting beat up on your body. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the next transition in that is, man. And, and I look forward to seeing who's the next crop. It's always good to see who's that next crop. It's like basketball, like you, you said, you know, and like you always say in your pocket, seeing who's next who's the next wave of guys. And I can't wait to see how that moves forward, not only in wrestling, but MMA as well. You know, it is, you talk about how music got you started with wrestling and when you went with that route as far as putting it together with some of the wrestlers, when did it really hip hop jump into your life all the way to where that's what you wanted to do, that's what you wanted to do? Mm. Well, I, I who are some see. of your role models? Who are some oh, of your role models? Got you. Um, First, to answer the first part of your question, I would say, honestly, in high school, I knew it. Um, in high school, I knew it. It was it was what I wanted to do. And it was something that I just felt in my soul. It, because after I got it, the rhythm was always in my heart. It was just getting the technical part of it down. But once once I fell in love with it and, you know, nowadays you know these young these young dudes they they they're always in their phones writing in their phone man you know back in the days man you had to get the spiral notebook and you had to write it out you know what i mean yeah. and you had to write it out you had uh, physical cds was still out at the time you know you couldn't just put on a, a spotify app or an apple app it was all physical at the time you had to go buy the cds i you know i know you remember them days if you wanted yeah. the album yeah you had to go get it you know so I was in, I'm the last era of that time. So it's great to, to have that feeling, always writing music, being around a lot of other artists. I knew I wanted to take it serious. And my mentors, like my people that like people that I really looked up to and role models, rest in peace to my man, uh, Shamelo. He was a music producer, uh, platinum music producer. He produced for a lot of uh, guys, Busta Rhymes, Pete Pop, a lot of guys like that he produced for. Uh, a lot of people that, that I might not have met that I looked up to. Um, I always looked up to guys like 50 Cent, business, for his business mind, uh, 50 Cent, LL Cool J, for for him being like the first childhood star uh, to be in who he is. Uh, a lot of people, uh, also too, shout out to uh, Buster Rhymes actually for his animation, for his live shows, one of the most entertaining live shows I've ever seen. So those guys, and, and as well as Master P for his business acumen, for him being independent and doing it the way he did it. So shout out to those guys, man. And also, too, uh, not only music related, but your, your teammate, man, like Magic is, if you don't look up to Magic for yeah. what he's done, just from becoming an entertainer athlete to a businessman, you know, I think a lot of people have to really take notes to what he's done. So he motivated me a lot as well, just on being multifaceted. You know how this goes. You gotta be in many different things nowadays. You can't just do one thing. So shout out to those guys for the inspiration and all that they did for me. Hey, you listen to the Showtime Coop. Uh, we have Tizzy, uh, Montezzi, Tizzy on the show today. And Tiz, we're at the point of my show where I have what I call Coop's Lightning Round. I'm gonna give you five names. You tell me as much or as little about the names I'm about to give you, okay? Okay, let's do it. First, Kobe. The sharpest and most adaptable mind that I believe that most most athletes should have, or, and especially as people. I believe that that attitude of going to, going to war, injury or not, 
there's no, there's no, you know, there's no stopping the best mentality. You know, even though my ment- my personal mentality is more of a Tim Duncan type, I love the Kobe mentality and all that he did with the fearlessness that he did. And rest in peace to rest in peace to him, man. We miss him. Okay. Another great one. Uh, Tupac Shakur. Fearlessness. Now the fearlessness comes with a price too, because you know, he was only 25 when he passed. And I'm and I'm only 35. I'm 10 years older than him. And now I felt like, well, damn, that was young. He's still yeah. a kid, you know. But the best poet, the the best poet and the deepest, nobody has made more hip hop music to me with more meaning than him. Another great one that's gone, Biggie. The most talented rapper I've ever heard as far as this pure talent, just being able to do a little bit of everything, you know, a little bit of everything to be as big as he was and to make jokes about it and to, you know, be a big guy and say, yeah, I can still get women being a big dude or I can still be flashy. He took the negatives. Uh, I'm going to give you something that my mentor always told me. I'll make a quick that My mentor always told me there was a process of, of being a musician called clamps. And it's an it's a, uh, acronym for concepts, lyrics, appearance, music, and personality. And that equals success. That's what the clamp, that's what the S is for. So some rappers all got three of those. Some got the concept and the lyrics. They might not have the greatest appearance or personality. Some have four or five of those. The greats normally have four or five of those. Very few people have all five. But him, the only thing he didn't have was the like the appearance because of how he looked but he switched that up by dressing nice and and being funny so you know that that made him a five tool artist one of the only five tool artists to ever to ever do it you know what about that tv is that what biggie did he made something good for us black brothers he made black really really right on the street i'll bet he <laughs> a did, dark skin guy i know, <laughs> I know like i know when the time you was playing well, that's when rap really first started coming out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the 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 LLs, the the Rock Hims, the Big Daddy Canes around that. Oh boy, I <laughs> woo! I gotta ask you some questions off camera. <laughs> okay, moving on. Last but uh well not last but not least, but another one, Michael Jordan. Man, uh just the, the epitome of winning. And it teaches you that it comes with a price. You're not always going to be the most liked. You're not always going to make the perfect decisions. But at the end of the day, the give me the originator, give me the ball, and I'm going to make this happen. 6-0 in the finals. The just, hey, man, he might, he's like he said, you might not have liked the way I did everything. You might have liked it. But I've never seen somebody in the world fly in the air like that outside of him and Vince Carter and Julius. And and it's just it's amazing to see what that man did. He took he took what he did, but also what he did too. He took he came in at the right time, and that marketing was at the right time. Yeah, so much. <laughs> uh, there's that, there hasn't been anything. Well, I love LeBron. I love Kobe's time, but when Mike was when Mike was around, that was different, bro. A lot of people eat off Mike, man. <laughs> and last but not least, LeBron James. 
the best all-around player, man, I've seen, bro. Like, this man, even though Mike is still my GOAT, because I've seen it, I've seen LeBron, too, and LeBron is right there behind him, bro. Just, he's about to pass Kareem in, in all-time scoring. He's done it with so many different teams, and he's still doing it at almost age 40, putting up 28, 9, and 8. It's like, what? Against people 20 years younger than him, like, he's putting up, like, people will talk about what Luca's doing, but he, he's doing that every night. I feel bad for LeBron because he's putting these numbers up, and he gets penalized for it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, you putting up 27, 8, and 8, and they don't even say you MVP no more. They don't even vote for you because you did it so many times. So his standard of greatness, uh, I, I'm happy for him. I, I honestly can say I became a bigger LeBron fan as I got older because I can relate being in somewhere so consistent for so long that you start respecting people as they get older for what they could do, especially if you took them for granted. I took LeBron for granted at first. I'm like, man... He's just going to do that. And then when he when he took that second run in Cleveland and took them and won that championship, I said, yeah, this is different. This yeah. is different. This is different. You listen to the Showtime with Coop. We got uh, hip-hop artist Tizzy in the house. Tiz, a couple more questions. And again, thank you for your time that you shared with us. Thank you, uh, Legend. How do you think, and for some of our younger listeners and and is there a difference between hip-hop and rap, or are they the same? Hip-hop is a different element than rap to me. Hip-hop is graffiti, graffiti on the wall. Hip-hop is breakdancing. Hip-hop is the DJ playing the music. Hip-hop is also the MC. Hey, everybody, let's get live tonight. The MC on the microphone. That's hip-hop. Rap is more the technical part of it, just the the more the lyrical part of it more the skill the technical part of it the more um can you freestyle can you get in the microphone and have nothing written down does that i think it's more of a technical thing i think hip-hop is the more global there's more things to hip-hop as in all the way you dress the way you talk the way the way you pronounce things the way you say things like the way wu-tang clan had their own little slang at the time you know, the way Ice Cube and NWA did their thing. That's that's hip-hop. The way Snoop Dogg does it. That's all elements of hip-hop. And rap, I believe, is more of the technical part of it. The more, hey, uh, how how skilled are you as a rapper type thing? What words can you use? Can you Are you a funny rapper? Are you a more serious rapper? Are you a storyteller? That's why I think the more rap comes in is the more breakdown of your skill set as an actual rapper as hip-hop is more of a global thing do you think the rap has has uh changed the nba as you see it today yes i believe it does i believe it did i believe that it started with alan iverson because that was my guy because you know a short guys only have like five people to look up to so <laughs> He's uh, he. I didn't look up to like the Bugsy Bogues and them. No disrespect to them. He's funny. He's cool. But yeah. AI. But be and he's and really six being six foot tall is still compared to the average height for a man. It's still a good height. Yeah. It's just too small for what the NBA. You you giants six seven six eight cats. You know. So I um 
I think hip hop had a lot to do with it. I believe that once the NBA was smart enough to find a way to market it with the players and the players being smart enough to, you know, quote the rap songs and to wear their gear and to team up with the rappers for different commercials and, and, and on their social medias, taking pictures together and having the rappers at the games. I believe that it, it it's a big part of our culture, our black culture. That's what we have is hip hop, you know? And I, I believe that the NBA was smart to put their money in it and put their money around it. And I believe the NBA players are smart too for teaming up with them because rap has a hip hop and rap has a big hold on the culture and it's making a ton of money. So, and that's the environment that we grew up around. You know, you grew, you played in the era where it was just ending from the funk RB era to the hip hop era. You were in the league when both things were going on. So you got to see it firsthand how it just switched. So it's great to be able to to see the players do that and I, and there's even more there's even more things that the nba could do more things that the nba could do with getting the rappers involved especially the ones with a good image of course getting them involved you know if, if kids how have our black women been influential the little kims uh queen latifah how have they been influ influential in this rap game and the whole music scene you got now beyonce and rihanna doing halftime shows at the super bowl talk about them a little bit Man, you know, <laughs> it's funny, right? It's like, if you really want to draw your eyes and attention to something, get a woman involved because everybody's going to be looking. It's like they say in the, in, in, in the club, you know, the women dictate what the men listen to because everybody want to be around the females. Yep. And if the females <laughs> like it, the men going to be right there liking it too, then, you know, that's just how it goes. So the women have such a big big influence on the culture, the Missy Elliott's of the world, all those greats. And without them, hip hop wouldn't have grown as big as it was because you, you know, the women needed someone to relate to and the men need something to look at, you know? So, or whatever your preference is, you know, not even just women, whatever your orientation is. But what I'm saying is that it's great to see what they've done. They deserve their own their own Mount Rushmores for all them that for all the things that they've done, the little Kims, the Foxy Browns, Lauren Hill, Missy Elliott, Nicki Minaj, Rihanna, Beyonce, so many people you can name. And I look forward to see where it goes now. But even from back then to what those legends did, man, they are just in the, just as important as the men. Kids, you from Queens, New York. Who was your NBA team back then? Oh, now this, <laughs> I'm going to keep it honest with you now, since we talking hoop, I, oh, I had love for the Knicks, but I wasn't a Knicks fan. <laughs> I was around when, you know, my, my family was diehard Pat, Pat Ewan, you know, uh, <laughs> Derek Harper, uh, Derek Harper, Charles Oakley time, 94, 95, when Mike was battling them and and those times, and then later on with Larry Johnson and Sprewell, Allen Houston, but I was always, even though I wasn't the biggest fan, I'm the fan that was a Spurs guy. The Spurs is my team, but I wasn't a biggest fan of their basketball sense. I always thought their basketball was a little boring, but I was always a fan of their philosophy. So that's why I was a Spurs fan. Watching Ginobili, I'm a Spurs fan. I'm like, Ginobili, quit flopping, bro. 
That's where I was. <laughs> it was conclusive to us winning, but I was, but I wasn't the biggest fan of it. But I was a huge Tony Parker and Tim Duncan guy. Huge. But you Tim like Duncan. that completeness, the camaraderie that they had back then to make it work as a team. Yes, yes, and I honestly, it was a little bit before my time, but uh-huh. it was complete. It was complimentary to what you guys did and having magic and and yourself and james worthy and kareem and every byron scott and everybody gets involved everybody's involved everybody knows their their role and i just have to give you your roses because knowing your story and watching the games back then and and, and my uncle me and dead set on me watching <laughs> that whole those whole series and things like that compliment to you because you had one of the hardest jobs which was not only defend the, the best person on the team, but to be completely unselfish when you naturally didn't have to with your pedigree and what you know what you did. So for you to be able to be humble enough and to to play a certain role to help the benefit of winning, that's why I was a fan of the Spurs too. Because hey, Bruce Bowen, he's gonna do his job. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, Robert Ory, he's gonna do his job. Yeah. You know, uh, whoever was center at the time, you know, stay on the block. To get get the rebounds for Timmy. Timmy's gonna work the the low side, of the, the the weak side of the post, and he's gonna do his thing. So that was David Robinson. Remember they played together. David Robinson, right? Yeah. David Robinson for those years for, until he yeah. retired. You know, in like oh three oh four. So shout out to shout out to Timmy. And I'm the hugest Greg Popovich fan. That's why I love him. I love Pop. I okay. love his the fact that Timmy could take coaching like that. And know that it was for the benefit of the team and put his ego to the side when a lot of star players couldn't do that. And same with same with you with your guy Magic and those star players who are who can remain coachable but still could be the man when needed. I, I loved it, bro. I loved it. So, what are your thoughts about the NBA today? What do you think about the game? Some of the players, some of the teams that you see. I love, I love the way that the players are moving freely. I just. The one thing I just wish it was, you know, I understand for the NBA they had to make the changes, but I'm from the last of the era where defense was really important. And to see everybody putting up 29, 28, <laughs> that's the one thing I'm like, all right, bro. Like, like I understand you want to keep the excitement. It's like the NFL. You want to, we got to put more emphasis on defensive penalties so that the quarterback in the offense can keep scoring for excitement. I get it, but man, it's like, yo, I, and I'm not a player. You are, so you could judge it differently. But I'm like, some of these cats, I don't know if they be dropping 30 in a different thing. Like, what, 30? You averaging 29, eight, and like 29, seven, and seven is nothing now. When back then, it was everything. But now, it's like everybody doing it. So I remember just the other day, I was watching TNT, and they were doing the West, the West and East reserves and Shaq and, and, and Chuck and then we're going over with saying what they're averaging. And I'm like, everybody got 28? I'm like, I'm like I don't know. I'll, you know, but, but the positives, because I always go back to the positive. I love the game. It's exciting. It is exciting. I love uh, my favorite player in the league. Um, has always, you know, has I've always been more of a, like when when Lamarcus Aldridge was playing in Portland, that was my favorite player. I love Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, I loved LA. Um, right now in the NBA, it's not necessarily like a favorite player that I have, but I'm I'm a John I'm a John Morant guy. 
Oh, I'm I like him too. He he I'm that boy, you know what? I like that boy, fearlessness. I like fearlessness. I like the fact that he he can get a little chippy, but it ain't personal. I like that a little bit. I like that. I like that fiery, controlled competitive competitive edge. I'm not like on the. I would hate to play against Pat Beverly, but I want him on my team. <laughs> I need a Pat. I need somebody like that. That's not my personality, but my best friend would probably be him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Showtime with Coop. We got uh, hip-hop artist Tizzy in the house talking about the NBA today. Last couple of questions, Tiz. If you could take the three-point shot out of the NBA, would you? Or would you move it back some so it doesn't become such a regular shot? I'm moving it back a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, they probably going to make it anyway because Steph and Dame, they shooting from 50. But <laughs> I think, like, I wouldn't, but I would say if you took the three-point shot away, you really see who got game. Yeah. Because at that point, you shooting from 30, it doesn't really matter at that point. Now, you got to work the floor. You got to work the floor. You got to find ways to get get everybody involved a different way. Now the post game really matters again, even more, you know, because the three shot, three point shots away, as in with these young guys mentality, if you put the three point shot back, they're just going to try to shoot deeper anyway. So I think that for excitement, you put it back, but to see who really got game, you take it away because then you shooting from 40, you just like, okay, bro, I don't know why you took that shot. Just put it in the block. And, exactly, it's two points. <laughs> you know what I mean? Put it in the block. Let let Joel Embiid or Jokic or, you know what I mean, or Anthony Davis go to work, you know? And I, I do miss that part of basketball. Sometimes I go back on YouTube. I watch what you guys did. I watch the old, uh, the, the 90s. And just the games were 88 to 84. Yeah. And that was, that was a high-scoring game, some games. You know, so I'm just different. I like defense, right? I like the Charles Oakleys, the Rodmans. I like the enforcers. I like the, I don't know, man. That's just that's just the basketball I like. It's cool now. It's great to see guys scoring a bunch of points, but people, you know, we call it like we used to call it in wrestling. Like when when you um did a wrestle move and you didn't feel like being bothered, we call it Ole. They're just playing a lot of Ole defense. Ole, just <laughs> let them go by. Just let them go by. Yes, who comes out the East? This year, it's it's going to be Boston and Milwaukee is going to come down to them two again to me. I think. And who, and who wins? Out of I think it goes. I think it goes six or seven, and I'm giving the edge, the edge to Boston. The edge. Okay. I, 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 yeah, the edge. Who who comes out the west? Ooh, wait, that's that one there. <laughs> and now, I think, I think, before, Memphis better get this before Golden State get another get another second win <laughs> and draft another player out of nowhere like Jordan Poole. Yeah, and they start figuring it out. And have an older Curry and Draymond and Clay still doing their thing, but they have like another wave of Wiggins and Poole and like another guy that that emerged. Like if Wiseman ends up becoming what he's supposed to become, 
They better look out. But I'll go for I go Memphis and Boston. That's where I'll go. Hopefully. Memphis and Boston. And who wins the championship? Okay, I'm just gonna be as honest as I can. My heart says Memphis. My mind says Boston. I knew you were gonna say that because you're a John Moran fan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I and I t- I'm gonna tell you, I can't. And I, mind you, this is where we really get along, and where where you are, big bro, because <laughs> I can't stand anything Boston. Nothing. Thank you. Thank like, you, man. Okay. Like Red Sox. Like like I I like I can't stand the Patriots. I can't stand nothing. Like I can't stand nothing, Boston. I I never have. Like being from New York and watching the Yankees and all that stuff, I can't stand anything, Boston. So for me to say that, that's why it took me so long to answer because it, it felt like I was going to throw up. I think you did. That's why I never say their name. I hate saying that name. But you know what? You got to give credit where credit is due. The fucking guys are good, man. Boston always has a great, you know, they have their low periods, but when they're on top of the game, they're one of the best organizations and best team in there. But, yeah, I'm hating them, too. You listen to Showtime with Coop. Last big question for the hip-hop artist, Tears, okay? We're on the verge of seeing something that I never thought, Tears, would ever happen. LeBron breaking and setting a new scoring record. Your thoughts on that? I think that it's time for because as as men, everything is as a lot of it is competition, you know, and that's how a lot of excuse me, a lot of us are built on is is competition, and it's time to put that to the side and salute this man for coming in the league as a teenager, playing twenty years in the league remaining for the most part relatively healthy, all the trips to the finals that he took, being the king of longevity, the key to longevity. There's never been a player outside of Kareem with like a long extended prime like this. And the man deserves his roses. It's time to put all the Michael conversations to the side. How you feel is how you feel. It probably is not going to change for some people. It will change for others. But as these games are starting to get televised and we're getting close to this, the man needs to be saluted for being an all-time leader scorer, and he probably got two, three years left in him. So to see this man do it the way he did it, and honestly, I can honestly say I love Mike, but there's, there's honestly never been an athlete with this clean of a brand like him, too. He's done it the right way. He's got a, a wonderful family. He stays out of trouble, never been in trouble with the law, never just been a brand, a, a brand ambassador of what the NBA is. And we better appreciate this now because, yes, there's a lot of guys in the league putting up 28, 8, and 8 now, like it's a, but this man was the originator of that, him and him and Magic. And salute to him, man. He'll probably finish third behind Paul and Stockton in a, in a set. Well, Mark Jackson, too. He'll probably finish fourth or third in all-time assists. Leading, you know, uh, uh, leading scorer of all time. The man is amazing. So let's salute that king for that, man. And, and, and you know what? I don't care. A lot of people say, well, you got to put an asterisk on his scoring because the three-point shot, as opposed to when Kareem was playing, Kareem had one three-point shot in his career. 
but he got them old-fashioned and ones. Uh, but again, it was virtually Kareem scoring two points to put them 38,000 up there. And this guy here has come along. Do you ever, and again, we're just jumping the gun a little bit. Do you ever see somebody, eventually his record will be broken, but anytime soon? LeBron, once he set this record, how long do you think he can keep that? 20, 25, 30 years? I say it will be a little shorter than Kareem because of the way the league has accelerated scoring. But somebody's going to have to be a bad bastard, dude. Yeah. Like, it's going to be – it might be a little sooner than Kareem, but – I don't see if anybody does come close in the scoring. I don't know if even with the acceleration in assists, I don't know if they're going to come close to their assist record. That's a lot of playoffs. That's a lot of game seven. That's a lot of going to the finals. That's a lot of deep playoff runs, win or losses this man had. So if they're going to break it, they're going to have to have that long postseason success too, because they add that with it, the postseason numbers. So it will be broken one day. But I would say to answer your question directly, I say I'd give another another 20 years, 15, 20 years. Somebody going to be a bad dude. We might not even seen the, the person in the league yet that's going to do it. Exactly. And you know what? I think LeBron, and you know, you even mentioned this guy got maybe two, maybe three more years after this. He's going to push that thing up to about 41, 42,000 points. Yeah. Uh, and it's like yeah. you say, it's going to take somebody special. And it ain't going to be a little guard. Uh, it's going to have to be somebody that can take that pounding year after year, night after night, and as you said, make them deep runs into the playoffs to do it. Tiz, thank you so much. You want to tell us what you got going on the side or anything like that? Yes. Uh, everybody, you know, check check me out at, uh, at TZ Jones on all social media platforms. Um, I appreciate you guys for all the years of following me in wrestling, music, motivational speaking. I'm about to put out, start putting out some motivational speaking content. You know, you know, you scroll your Instagram, then you see emotional, motivational videos. I'm gonna do mine, but without all the sad music in the background to make it sound you're gonna cry. But um, I, uh, I'm also working on my new projects that I'm putting out. Erica's son too. My new project will be out this year, uh, leaning towards May, on all distributive pla- uh, distribution platforms. I will uh, be. I'm still doing the podcast with my brother Swerve, pro wrestler on AEW. We're still doing the Swerve City podcast. This wonderful man who's having me on his wonderful show has been on there. We had a great time. And TZ's Table, my platform, my personal platform, which you can all subscribe to youtube.com backslash Swerve City Podcast, the YouTube channel for everything that we are doing. And, you know, we can continue to work, brother. And I thank you so much for the opportunity, the time. You didn't have to do this legend. You could have anybody on here, but you had little old TZ, and I appreciate that, man. I love you. I love you. Please do me a favor, man. You said with wrestlers, when you first got started, you would put a little musical thing together for them. Put something together for me, okay? I had a little rap where we had a rap going, my my name is Coop. My main hangout is up around the hoop. We play hard. We play smart. We never let drugs tear us apart. That was my little... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. When, uh, you guys were in the studio and everybody was rapping. Yes. Everybody. <laughs> I'm about to watch that. So, speaking of, I'll put that on YouTube. And watch hey, it. go ahead and put that out there. <laughs> Listen, you need some music? I'm on it now, brother. Say less. I'll get to work. Izzy, thank you, brother. Love you, man. Take care, okay? Big bro, thank you. One last thing. Thank you for being an inspiration. Thank you, man, for giving me your time. 
I've always looked up to what you and the guys has done, you know, all the whole team. Uh, and I'm I'm blessed and so thankful for this, Coop. I'm blessed to say you're a big bro, and I love you, man. I love you. Thank you, Keezy. Have a wonderful day, sir. Thank you, man. Peace. Okay, take care.